You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Dropping In. A podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on episode 48. This is series five, where we are diving deep into the conversation of seasonal affective disorder. I like to call it the shoulder season blues. I was feeling down and I put a post out there on Instagram and the feedback was unbelievable. A lot of other people, potentially 80% of Canadians are feeling the same way this fall. And due to the global pandemic, that doesn't really help anything. So here we are opening up that conversation about seasonal depression. Let me introduce episode 48's guest that we will be dropping in with today. Our next guest has been very open and honest on her social media networks about seeking counseling, suffering from depression, and much, much more. She is an entrepreneur in Whistler. She opened up Peak Training and Rehab Studio. She's a kinesiologist and a certified personal trainer. She's a powerhouse of a woman and not afraid to talk about touchy subjects. She developed the autoimmune disease disease, rheumatoid arthritis almost six years ago. This daughter, friend, entrepreneur, personal trainer is here to share her story. I'm happy to introduce Megan Suter. Megan Suter, are you ready to drop in? I am so ready to drop in. (laughs) Okay, so I will be starting with the 10 rapid fire questions that are never rapid. I'm sorry to the listeners, but like not really ever because we get to know you just a little bit more. Awesome. Number one, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Ooh, are we pretending COVID? Anyway, yes, everything's fine. The world is perfect. Okay, so in a perfect world, um, I've been dreaming of going to Japan because I've never really spent substantial time there. And then doing, I want to rent a van and go around Japan. And then I want to go down to Okinawa and then I want to go down to Taiwan. That is my- In the summer or the winter? Honestly, either, probably more winter, but I will take anything at this point. So (laughs) whatever, whatever time. Nothing like a global pandemic. (laughs) That's it, you know? (laughs) Awesome. Okay, number two, what is your favorite season? Uh, Summer. Yeah. Hands down. (laughs) I love summer. I do. I love parts of winter, but then there's parts of it that really, as we will talk today, (laughs) are really challenging. But yeah, overall, summer is definitely my jam. For Um, sure. Nice. But yeah. Okay, you live in Whistler now. Number three, big city or small town? Small town. I've never really lived in a big city and I don't think I could handle it. (laughs) It's something else. I mean, I grew up in Whistler. It's something else to live in a big city where no one knows your name. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's definitely some perks. Like the biggest city I've lived in would be Ottawa, which is not that big at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is nice being really anonymous in some ways. But then I really like small town. I like community. I like knowing people and I like connecting with people. And yeah, um, sure. the support is much better in small town. So I think there's definitely a charm to it for sure. I agree. I agree. Number four. Okay. When people ask you how you're doing, are you honest? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes, but never fully. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, you don't, you, you don't want to dump things on people, you know, yeah. but it's funny because when I ask someone how they're doing, I want them like tell me tell me the shit I want to know you know yeah I Um, love that so I genuinely mean it when I'm like hey how are you how are you doing there's a difference it's like how are you doing or is it like how Uh, how yes yes totally totally yeah (laughs) yeah a lot of the answers on that one have been like well it depends on the situation and I was like it totally (laughs) does (laughs) yes yeah but we do get that kind of cookie cutter answer most of the time yeah I'm totally fine I'm fine great I'm great I'm good like no yes (laughs) No, no. Right. But there's a time and a place where you have, you know, you do have to put on your face and and do that. But then there's definitely a time when, you know, to be more open and vulnerable about what's actually happening. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Number five, how are you feeling about the global pandemic? Um, so many ways, so many ways. Um, I think it's been incredibly stressful for people and for myself Mm -hmm. um and weirdly enough I do feel like there are some good things that will and hopefully are coming out of it in some ways but generally the feeling is pretty grim um (laughs) but I always try to find the positive that can come out of it and I think there's definitely some things you just have to dig a little bit deeper to to find it yeah for sure I agree on that um okay number Okay, because global pandemic was a heavy question. This one's not so heavy. Number six, <laughs> if you had a superpower, wish do you wish you had? Superpower. Um, I might have to say two because I feel like my gut reaction is to fly because I've yeah. always wanted to fly. Like I've dreamt about it. Like I'm like Peter Pan as a yeah. kid. Like I've always dreamt about flying. But I almost feel like I would just like to teleport. Like I could just like pick myself up and go to Taiwan right now. So maybe it wouldn't take as much time. It wouldn't take as much time. (laughs) Exactly. You could go for a weekend instead of, you know, having to fly for two days. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that would be great. For sure. I love that. Nice. Number seven, when you think of the shoulder season, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, Busy and work. (gasps) Really? Yeah, that's when I get the busiest. So it's kind of the opposite of everybody. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, because everyone's getting ready for either winter or they're getting ready for summer, spring or summer. So then people are like in the gym or they're taking care of the injury they've been ignoring all winter or all summer. And that's when my business really ramps up. And everyone's, people go on vacation, but like the people that are here are like on it and they want to be strong. They want to be fit. And they're like, yeah, it's like game time. Funny. Which is quite different. Yeah. No, that's yeah. such a, I'm so glad I asked that question. I've asked the same questions um, for the, for the 10 guests. So it's really cool to hear all the different answers. And you're the first one to say that. Busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is like, like <laughs> calm, bored, you know? So it's kind of, yeah. Cool. 
mine's like ramp up a little a little bit of anxiety of like okay let's 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 do this <laughs> oh, that's so good okay good for you everything's going well there it sounds yes and uh, yeah. number eight do you have a trick for the shoulder season blues Ooh, um i think getting outdoors no matter what the weather is is like my number one thing I find being outdoors helps so many things. Like even on Sunday, we went out in the pouring rain. It was so slushy. We walked around Lost Lake. It was like basically stomping through puddles the whole time, but it, you feel better afterwards. Yeah. Um, and then also I find, I, I, I do like doing a lot of like, let's say nutrient IVs with, um, I think you had Dom on the podcast. Yeah, I had Dom on, yeah. Um, so at Creekside Health, I do find those are really helpful um, for like my mood and my energy. So I focus a lot on like my nutrient issues as well because I find they come to light a little bit more when yeah everything's getting dark in dead season. Hundred percent, hundred percent, awesome. And then that actually leads into the next question: Do you take supplements? Yes, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I definitely take quite a few. Um, I also, I mean, I'm sure people probably know, but I also have like an autoimmune condition as well. So I take a lot of things to support that. Um, specifically for like mood stuff, I always, of course, take vitamin D. Yeah. Um, even in the summer, I've had blood tests done and I'm still deficient in the summer, which is okay. quite common with autoimmune issues as well. Oh. So vitamin D year round, um, omega-3s, especially with high, I think it's EPA is the one that's really good for um, uh, mental support. I take collagen for my joints because I have... Mm rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I take, oh gosh, there's so many things, um, immune support, adrenal support, um, especially, and I'm sure we'll get into it this year physically has been quite tough. So yeah, I do take quite a few, but those are kind of the big heavy hitters. Um, zinc. Yeah. Daily. Is this like, is this like a, a monster bag that you have? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. I actually had like a pill container thing, like a 90 year old. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'd started taking so many pills that didn't fit into it anymore. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh man. But Hey, if it, if it helps keep you afloat and keeps you going, it needs to be done. No, a hundred percent. And I thank you for sharing. Cause it's kind of a vulnerable thing also to share about, but, um, I really appreciate it. Cause I know I slack on it and I don't take enough things. So <laughs> good to know what everyone else is taking well, it's always good to try things because what works for one person might not work for another and I even find sometimes supplementation just with um capsules and pills is great but then I do find doing the IVs is actually the most impactful Amazing. like that's when I feel the biggest difference and then I have the supplements in between to try to maintain it but I do find like straighten the bloodstream for me personally is what yeah. what I find the best usually it's cool yeah you're the mm -hmm. first one to um to talk about that we did have dr dom um uh, dr dom and dr chanel on um oh, talking about <laughs> yeah the health. so <laughs> it's 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 awesome to get that side of of everything and get an understanding of why we're taking these things and chanel really yeah. dove deep into that which was really cool um Amazing. number 10 vulnerable question do you get the shoulder season blues a thousand percent, <laughs> a thousand percent. Um, I always, I know people get really the feeling of cozy in the fall when everything's dark and kind of gloomy. I get this like mad panicked feeling of like, I get like cabin fever and I kind of feel really, I get it's anxious, but it's actually quite depressive. Um, yeah. I find, and I have, I have struggled with depression and I'm pretty open about talking about it now. Um, you know, I wasn't always yeah. like that, but I was first diagnosed in, it was 
probably 2013, I think. Um, and I've always managed um, without medications and stuff, but we'll probably get into it more. But I do find the seasonal part makes it, it amplifies it a little bit more. For yeah. Sure. Especially the past couple of years. Yeah, no. So that was the rapid fire. We're done. And I love where this cool. is going because um, I do want to, I do want to dive deep as to like, so 2013, what do you think it was that clicked that um, you realized you had this depression? So a little back history before that, and this is a very not commonly known fact, but I worked at a nuclear plant for a couple of years, okay. for two years, yeah. and um, we did quite intense shift work. Yeah. So we would work four days, four days on, one or two days off, four nights on, one or two days off. So it was very consistent and pretty intense. Um, and so I just thought I was like really fatigued and just really tired. And I kind of assumed once I finished the shift work and I finished the contract that I would kind of come out of it and that things would just lift. Yeah. So I gave myself, I think two or three months after I finished, cause my body was just done. I would sleep for 14 hours a night for like three oh, months. My body yeah. was like toast. Yeah. Um, and then I got back, I, I got back into um, personal training at that time and I just never got the energy back. I never got the mood back and I was really struggling. Like I would almost every day I was crying. I would go home and just be like, it was like extreme social anxiety. Like I'd be with my clients and I would knew that I, I knew what I, what I was talking about. And I felt very confident in what I was teaching people and what I could do for people. But then I would go home and just be the shell and be like, what is going on with me? Why am I so interesting? Like, yeah. Why it felt like a social anxiety and like, yeah, just the mood state was really challenging. So then I went and reached out to a counselor, through uh, my employer, which was great. And I went through a couple until I found one that worked. And then when I finally spoke to someone, she was like, oh, it's because you have depression. That's why you <laughs> feel this way. And I was like, huh, oh, oh yeah. okay, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I genuinely just thought I was burnt out from working. Yeah. And it just, yeah, I just never really put it together. Oh, I so appreciate that you put in there that you, um, saw different counselors to find the right one because I found the same thing. I went through some, I will not name names, but I was like, you're supposed to be like the top of the top and you're not helping me. <laughs> yeah. There's very different approaches and something for, for some people and some work for others, Yeah, exactly. but there's such a wide variety of approaches that it's like, you just got to work until you find someone you click with. Yeah. Otherwise sure. it feels like you're, you almost feel like you're failing because the therapy isn't working for you, but then you're like, wait, maybe we just don't jive. Yeah. And, and it's always asked, it's hard to ask for help. Um, so yes. if you've gone to like one and then it's not working, it's, it's defeating in a sense that you're like, yeah. okay, well that didn't work, but no, keep asking for help. And I think that's something that um, at least athletes, I know we're not very good at, I'm not very good at. <laughs> so that's right. definitely something to be aware of for sure. For sure. Yeah. And ask different people for help and it's fine. Especially if you get this sense of like loyalty or something, it's like, well, no, this isn't about my loyalty to that practitioner. This is about the loyalty to myself and what I need. Yeah, for so sure. Keeping and, that in mind is important. And so how did you, so was it just the counselor that helped you realize that? Did you go on antidepressants or did you find tools that helped you yourself without going on antidepressants? I didn't go on antidepressants because I wanted to actually try without them. Like mm -hmm. I, I knew I was depressed, but I also still felt that there was a little bit of light. Like I yeah. wasn't completely in the dark. Yeah. Um, Are we the same so person? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out after today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, I kind of felt like, okay, I can, I can manage this. And I just had to, I stopped drinking completely. I basically stopped socializing too, because I had such bad social anxiety and I had moved to Ottawa at that time. And I am, um, I had a really great partner, but I was really struggling socially to like be with people. And it wasn't the people's fault. It was just like, I struggled and I knew it was me. So I just had to say, okay, listen, I need to listen to myself. You go out with your friends. I can't just because physically I, I get symptoms. And so I just kind of just took care of myself and stayed in and did nothing um, yeah. and stopped drinking. I started seeing a naturopath there as well. Um, and then within, I would say it was probably like eight to nine months. I also came off the pill too. So I, uh, that, I, yeah, which as you know, women know that can really mess things up. And I had been on it for 13 years, Yeah, which is a long yeah. time. So I feel like all those factors combined, eventually everything just slowly, slowly, slowly lifted. So it Luckily takes a long time for that to teeter off, I mind you. Like yeah. I was on it for 16 years and then I was like, is it going to take five years for me to be normal again? Because that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a long time for your body just to like readjust in homeostasis where it's like, oh, this is, this is normal. <laughs> oh, I'm a normal human again. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Oh man. Okay. So yeah, you went off the pill, stopped drinking, um, was exercise part of your daily routine? Huge. Like if someone, if someone didn't know me, they would probably be like, you are addicted to exercise because (sighs) I basically had to, I'm like, but I consciously knew it, but I had to exercise. Mm -hmm. That was the only way that my mind had any clarity, any boost in mood, anything at all. So luckily I work in a gym. So, (laughs) and this was when I was in Ottawa and I didn't really do a lot of like outdoor sports at the time. I snowboarded, but it was minus 40. Like I never, I never did it. Um, so yeah, I, and I, that's when I was powerlifting. So I was doing like weight training, like heavy, intense weight training for yeah, five, six days a week. And that was the only thing that kept me going. Um, but I was, I went in with that intention of going, okay, this is a short-term plan. Like Obviously, you're not going to work out five or six days a week for your entire life, unless you're a professional athlete, and then yeah. great, that's I'm your job. I'm missing it. I'm missing <laughs> that's that. your job. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> right? And like, there, I mean, if you do it properly, you can exercise that much, right? If you have the right recovery built in. But um, yeah, so exercise was a huge piece. And to me, it was my medication because I didn't want to necessarily drop into medication right away. So I was like, okay, let's just use exercise as my tool and as my daily medication. And that's how I approached it until I was to a point where I'm like, okay, I don't need to exercise this many days a week because my mood is better. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so crazy what exercise does. I had uh, Neville Wright. He's a three-time Olympic bobsledder and, and now a um, registered massage therapist. And he was, he's like, exercise, man, it's free. (laughs) Honestly. Yes. It's like the best thing and it's hard because when when you are in a depressive episode and I'm sure you know but like to get the energy to exercise is really difficult yeah but as long as you remind yourself okay afterwards I will feel like a human again yeah I think it totally comes down to that after effect and like I am the first to say it I hate working out but I love working out because it's the after. And I know, I know exactly when I'm getting to that depressed point, I haven't been working out. I haven't been social for me. I need to be social and kind of be around people. Um, And then I get into this funk and I'm like, dude, you need to work out, like get your ass in gear and just do something. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes like, I find I put a box around what it has to look like, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's my profession. Cause I, you know, I 
write out everyone's workouts and have everything structured. So I find sometimes I almost have to think outside of my own box of like, okay, what does exercise look like? Why, why do I have to structure like this? Why don't I do this instead? Or like, sometimes I just put on dance music and like, I'll do a set of deadlifts and then I'll just dance around because I'm like, I just need to break out of my normal, you know, and just getting any kind of movement is better than nothing at all. Mm no matter what it is. Totally agree. So push on that was 2013. You were in Ottawa, you moved to Whistler. Um, and then this, this last year, um, you've been amazing, uh, on social media, sharing your story. And I know everyone's so grateful for it because I did a similar thing. And that's why I started this series. Um, cause the outreach from people is, is amazing when you're vulnerable and honest rather than like white picket fences, beautiful, perfect human. <laughs> You're yes. like, yeah, no, life's not easy and life's not great, but like, let's talk about it. So, yeah. so do you want to share a little bit what you, what's been going on? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go back a little bit to when I moved here in 2015. Um, within, I think it was about four or five months of moving here, I started developing physical symptoms. Like I was getting like swollen joints and painful joints and things that wouldn't go away. And I kind of thought it was change in altitude or change in climate or something. And then pretty quickly it evolved really fast within a month or two. And I developed rheumatoid arthritis, um, which is an autoimmune disease. So, which, you know, I never even really knew what an autoimmune disease was. I had no idea um, until you're in it. And you're like, holy crap, this is quite a wild ride. So having this, this body that just does things that you don't even know, like there's no rhyme or reason. It just does things and relying on medication, you're body like it, my body's become like a foreign entity to me so it does things and I'm just and baffled by it sometimes and what happened this year in January was I was actually seeing a specialist to try to manage some of my symptoms so I've been yeah. getting on and off like headache neck pain stuff and not just like oh I have a headache today it was like oh I'd have a headache for like a month and then it'd go away and I was kind of like okay rheumatoid arthritis can impact your neck so like let's look into it I'm a pretty proactive person with my health and my body. So I went to a specialist. Unfortunately, he did a treatment that completely set me off. Um, so he did some needling, which there's, I, I do value needling and I've had it multiple times with great practitioners. So it wasn't the treatment. It was the, the way it was done. Um, that has triggered, uh, almost 10 month long chronic headache, migraine, concussion it doesn't really fit into a box it fits into many boxes so it's been this yeah 10 month long ordeal of working with neurologists and specialists and um going through concussive stuff like I've had three grade three concussions that I never really took care of because we never used to do that back in the day (laughs) um so going through and being like oh these are all like post-concussive symptoms that are coming out and having to work through all of that and then right like all this trauma in your body needs yeah. an outlet and now's the time. Yeah. And it was just like, all of a sudden I just have this like constant 24 hour pain. There was points when it was like, so intense. it was like, a yeah. It, and people in Worcester can understand like the severity of concussions can be so debilitating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, naturally being in that much pain for that long, it's like my, um, my mood, my physical health, my mental health, everything's kind of plummeted. Yeah. And it's not really something that 
you know, I fully understood her experience until I was in it, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's like anything. Um, it's the same so- as depression as well. Like I, I say, yeah. you don't know until you're kind of out of the depression. You're like, oh, my sparkle's back. My personality's here. Where did that go? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it. It's funny you mentioned that because when I, right before I moved here, um, so my partner that I was with in Ottawa, we, we broke up like really good, amicable, great breakup. It was just time. Um, yeah. And before I moved here, we went out for coffee and I said, I was like, you know, I'm going to move to Whistler. And, and he said to me, he's like, he's like, he was, it was so emotional, but he was like, it's like, you know, Megan, like, I see you, like your sparkles back, like your light is here. Yes. And like that to me is, that's how I know when my depression's gone. It's like when that light yeah. is there. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's something that you miss when you don't have it. And it's something that totally you don't know what's gone until you almost have it back. And then you're like, holy crap, where is this You're thing? Like, I want so it back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, I know that's who I am. How do yeah. I get there? Yeah. And why yeah. am I here? Like, why yeah. am I not there? And it feels like you're like, there's a distance between you and who you know you are and who you can be. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I just, it's, it's there, it's somewhere, but I'm in this darkness and I can't get out. And, and I think there are so many tools and like, I even had to remind myself, like, I do speaking engagements and share my story about how I came back from a concussion. And even right now being in Mexico, I said like, yeah, there's days I just don't feel myself still because it's fall. And I need to remind myself of what I share with other people. And that's those mini goals, like being excited to like get up and get out of bed and go for a walk, like check, you know, (laughs) if that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. And, uh, and I find that I have to take my own advice that I completely forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how much easier it is to, to give advice and it's so much harder to actually follow it sometimes, totally, even totally. though you know better and you're like, I know I should be doing this, but like, why am I not? I know. But then I chalk it up. Like depression's almost like this little voice in your head that says like, oh, you don't need to do that. Or why do you need to do that? Why do you need to do this to be happy? Why? And it like just nitpicks at every single thing you think and do and it's really hard to have a clear thought or to make a good choice because you just feel like there's this little thing in the back of your head making you question every Exactly. Everything. So what, what gets you up and out of bed in the morning now? Do you have like a sunlight? Do you have your, your magic <laughs> parcel full of supplements that you have to take? <laughs> My funnel <laughs> of supplements. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I don't have a trick. It's just like, it's really, it's really hard these days, to be honest. Like it's definitely harder now than I think it's ever been. And it is because there's this fear of pain and there's this fear of like, am I going to be debilitated by the end of the day today? Or am I going to feel like moderately okay? But what gets me out is just coming to work and like being with people. And sometimes being with clients and having that slight distraction is a good thing because it just kind of, it makes you step out a little bit. Because yeah, you could sit at home and mope and wallow all day, but are you really going to get anywhere with doing that? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes (laughs) I have to know because I'm such a like over pusher and I feel like you might be the same, like you push or you push or you push through. And there is a point where you're like, okay, I need to not push through. I need to not talk to a single person for 24 hours. Like I just need to be completely alone um, and not have the social pressure or whatever. But yeah, getting up and helping other people and helping other people that are in pain. Yeah. Like that's the gift that depression and pain has given me is like, okay, well, I know how to manage and help people with it. And even if it's not like physically doing something for them, it's like just emotionally being there for them is something that really helps. Um, 
You're if there's something human. good that comes out of it, that's probably it. You're a great human. I try. <laughs> <laughs> is there Sometimes. is there uh, is there anything else you want to let our listeners know before we sign off? Um, I want people to know that they're not alone, mm-hmm. and that resources are difficult to find, and don't feel like you're a failure if you're not finding them. Because I kind of feel like sometimes you just feel like you're drowning and you're like trying to find things and you're like, surely there must be help. There must, but like, it can be difficult to find the people who are here. Our counselors are swamped because people are struggling. So it's like, be patient, which is very hard, but reach out to people in the community. Even if it's not like an official counselor or a therapist, like just talk to somebody who, and that's why I'm so vocal about it because I have clients who open up to me who tell me that they've had mental health issues or currently struggle that I've never told anybody, like not even their partner because they're scared. Yeah. So to me, it's like, if we can share that commonality and really open up the dialogue, then people don't feel as alone and you yeah. know their support. Totally. I love it. Oh my goodness. Where can people find you online? Um, I guess on Instagram. So I'm M suits, M S U T T S. Some people say M suts because it's easier to spell it that way. But, <laughs> um, or I mean, I'm sometimes on my business, which is Peak Training Whistler at Peak Training Whistler on Instagram. Um, but yeah, those are probably the easiest ways to to find me. Well, Megan, thank you yeah. so much for opening up, and thank you so much for dropping in today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was great. Thanks for dropping in. If you want to watch this podcast, head over to YouTube. Follow Dropping In on Instagram and Facebook at Dropping In with Mercedes. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro Hey listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back and that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.